These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's leg? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds from straight 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last four, and we we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We we're just going absolutely bananas. What to do, DMV, episode 106 of Chirp in DMV. It is the day after trade deadline. We're recording Monday night here. A lot of stuff went on. <laughs> and uh, we got a lot to talk about. There's, there's, been, there's been some big moves here in DC, but first, before any of that, Ben, what's going on, man? How you doing? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Um, doing pretty good. Just finishing up all my assignments and shit. I had to like bust out a video assignment in like three hours, and then the news broke about the Verona trade, which we'll get into. So I was like shaking and doing my work because I was just like, what the hell is going on? I uh, played my first round of golf on the weekend, which did not go good. It was like a beer hole kind of round where I just forgot about it. But um, other than that, I'm good. Sounds about right. AB, down in Florida, man. What's going on, brother? Uh, not much. The uh, the lady came down, came and visited. Uh, so had a good time. Um, and we, we went out to a couple of uh, pretty fancy uh, steak dinners, actually, this weekend. Oh, yeah? That was on whose dime? Not mine. It was perfect. Really? Yeah, it was, it was my birthday dinner. So. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty good. We went to this place called Burn Steakhouse. Um, that was a whole thing. Uh, it was it was very very fancy, um, and like for dessert, like like we ate downstairs like in a normal restaurant room, and then for dessert, you went upstairs, and like got your own like private room and everything, and just ordered dessert. A dessert? Like, yeah. Some people, I, I guess some people, like the, it sounds like a strip club. Like it, <laughs> it was, In a way. it was, it was kind of, it was kind of nuts. Like I was just like, what the hell? All right, sure. And like they asked if we had reservations for dessert. I was like, like she, uh, uh, Chris was like, no, we have reservations. I just literally paid dinner. the tab we for just, dinner. Like what do you mean? Yeah, we just thought <laughs> we just would go have dessert. And, she, and they're like, oh, well, we can probably fit you in. And they're like, okay, cool. I would hope so. Yeah. Fuck. It was wild. Separate reservations for dessert, huh? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just That's... more of the same down here in Florida other than that. But actually, I played golf today and I shot the best round I've ever shot. I had two birdies today. It was nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, it was I awesome. Did not have oh, two no way. Yeah. Good for you, AB. Thanks, buddy. I got a haircut and got a microchip today. That's about it. Nice. Nice. Oh, I, I get I get microchip tomorrow. You got Bill Gates? Yeah. Yeah, baby. USA. All the way. Feed me that. Feed me that 5G energy. Yeah, nothing too crazy going on here, man. Nothing too crazy. I played pickup. Played pickup Sunday morning. So sweated the beers out. That's always a good thing to do. Um, but let's get to the episode, man. Let's talk about this first. Let's talk some Capital One Arena and fans now officially coming back. I believe April 27th now. Uh, 2,000 fans, 10% capacity. You're going to make it? Will you be there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, all my a couple of my buddies are going tomorrow for the friends and family thing, and I'm just so fucking jealous. Damn, that's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. Did, oh, I thought you needed season tickets. That yeah, like when it comes when when they go on sale, like priority goes to um, priority goes to season ticket holders. So no, I don't I see all of them going. There's gonna be just I mean I feel like the cheapest ticket is probably gonna be three hundred bucks because there's gonna be some on StubHub and stuff. And um, will I pay that premium? Yes, I will. 
and then I'm gonna get so fucking drunk, man. <laughs> like when I get when I get if with the first one I go to, man, just it's gonna be this total blackout, and we're Instagram live on chirping, just like the majority of the game, just acting a fool until we probably get pulled out of our pod. I think they call them. Are are there fans allowed up in, in in Canada yet? Uh, nope, nowhere. Okay. Yeah, none of them. I think it's just all pretty much every U.S. team except for the Cavs. But now that's kind of it's obviously changed. So yeah, I'll be there, baby. I, know, I, I just gotta, I just gotta, you know, buck up and just go to like a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Honestly, yeah, um, you do. Like, I don't know, like who to go see. I mean, I guess Chicago. That'd be neat. Carolina, uh, Florida, Carolina. Yeah, I just want to see Patty Kane play. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Go see Kane play. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm almost like I've almost become like an NBA type fan where like I want to go see players play when I go to a yeah. Cavs game. Yeah. Like, like. I've probably mentioned this like eight times on the podcast, but like right when COVID shut everything down, like I was going to the game Monday and it was against the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers? Against, yeah. yeah. McDavid. Connor McDavid. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to watch Connor McDavid in person. This is going to be sick. And I never got to see him. Didn't we do that like two years ago when we stayed in that suite with Kyle with KP and we lost in a shootout two or three I, years ago. I don't remember being there. I don't know. Against Connor McDavid. Yeah, it was against the Oilers. I remember that. Uh, I don't so remember that. So it had to be Conor McDavid, I would imagine. Oh, you could watch uh, Verona now. I yeah, can you can watch Verona. You can go watch Verona. RIP to Noah and uh, or Dick Panic. Stack guy Blake, who both just got their Verona jerseys in the mail. Yeah, that was disappointing. I almost bought one in the <laughs> offseason. I'm so glad I didn't. Jesus. Yeah, It's funny, too, because we were joking about it on Cat Punishment because uh, Danny made the um, a five-point boost. Like, if you pick a player and he gets traded – uh, you get a five point boost, and they were just like, Haha. and then Brando picked Ron. I was like, Oh, I guess you're getting a five point boost. LOL, <laughs> whoop, got a five point boost. Yeah, I mean, as as shocking as this was, are we just getting into it right now? Yeah, let's get into it, baby. All right, uh, as, as shocking as the trade was, should we have not like, should we have seen this coming? We we probably should have seen it coming. Like, he got, I scratched. feel like smart hockey fans would have seen it coming. Like, we've yeah, been scratched. we've been talking about it. He has a contract coming up, like, yeah. The, so yeah, when when Stack Eye Blake was on, um, yeah, we brought it up, and like, and I there were a couple things that I said. I remember on the on the episode where he like he gave me like a the fuck are you talking about type look, because um, <laughs> I think well we first, we first just like talked about how he got scratched, and I was like I didn't hate the move for scratching one game because he was he's been in a slump. You got to get a guy going somehow, and he was like. He kind of just like looked at me like why why would like he didn't say anything but he just kind of looked at me and then got scratched multiple times and yeah now it's like what that <laughs> now it's like why, <laughs> like he's gone now he he just got traded and it's, I was like we could we should have seen it coming yeah yeah I mean yeah it's it we uh, like you say smart hockey fans have kind of seen this coming but we've kind of just always jokingly been the past couple episodes man the past couple of weeks we've been like yeah we bring up the overtime game winner when he kind of shot laughs the look the decreased play time i talk about it when i go to men's league with the guys like i i, I joke around with them like so laughs just totally hits front and they're like i mean yeah kind of i'm just like oh jesus this could actually be just, a real thing but we joked about to make it not seem as real as it actually i guess was Exactly. Yeah, well, it's like I say smart hockey fans would have realized it based on all those things, but at the same time, he's also like, what, a 24, 25-year-old who could easily score 30 goals and is like one of the core members of the team. So for that reason, we shouldn't have seen it coming. But also with this new coaching system and everything, you could kind of see that things were not going well with him. 
Yeah, he said, I see a frustrated player, McClellan said in the press conference. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but the body language is frustrated. And I think we Oh, like when he shoots death stares at your new coach? Is that bad body language? Yeah, I think we gave it some time and see if we could work it out. Um, Yeah, just some, I don't think we made a decision based on what other teams are doing. We're independent and we're trying to make our team better. I just read some quotes from like Samantha Pell earlier. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, yeah, you could tell Verona was pissed. And I guess I didn't want that. They, they mentioned something about this coaching staff and current coaching staffs having the same problem with Rhonda multiple times. Like, yeah, I didn't. I guess the did the Trotz coaching staff have that issue? They must. Have. Maybe the Reardon. Maybe the Reardon staff I, had issues with it, but I kind of didn't really know how to take that quote when Samantha Pelt mentioned like both coaching staffs have had had the same issue, kind of. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little weird too. I, I just, uh, I I do remember him like kind of struggling at some points early and I don't I think with Reardon he did fine right up until the playoffs yeah, I don't think he ever got scratched with Reardon. ghost um but I don't know it's just it it's it sucks to see him go I mean 28 you don't want to see guys who you want to cup with leave and he was a rookie that season and we all thought like well, you're you're gonna hear me say this four times on this podcast because we've we've done a couple of interviews <laughs> but um yeah, it's just we we all saw Verona being a capital for the next ten years, or or give or take. Mm-hmm. And sophomore, I think his sophomore sophomore season, sophomore season. Okay, so, yeah. um, so yeah, I think that's what everyone's hurt about, hurting about, down bad as the yeah. Kids I mean, say. look at him down bad, <laughs> down bad, baby. I mean, look at his seasons. He goes from twenty one games played. I guess that was his first full season. The year we won the cup, so you you count that as. Rookie, but he goes 27 points, 47, 52. I mean, fuck last year, but he was on pace uh, to, to be a 30 goal scorer last year. He had 25 and 69 games right there. You don't think he gets five more with 13 games left? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's definitely getting that. Yeah. I mean, it would it, it, it would have been close. I think, I think he would have been at least at, at the very least at 29, probably. I mean, um, I mean, I feel like our, our team, like all of our goal scorers are pretty streaky, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. O- ov goes on a streak but his streak happens to be like oh he just went on a 12 goal and 12 <laughs> goals and eight game streak yeah rana rana will score six and seven oshi will go like the same really? thing six and seven at some different well when oshi does it he stacks them up dude he'll go like six and four yeah, yeah he gets okay. a lot of two or goal six games and three yeah he gets a lot of two goal games i feel like yeah so hey, but, yeah i mean it's, so it's tough to see him go yeah so the guy that comes in for him, it's Rana for uh, Anthony Mata, straight up from Detroit. Uh, we got we've got the guy from the Wheeled Wings podcast coming on here. We'll do it right here, right here in a couple minutes. They come down, they break the whole thing down. Like I said at first, I was kind of kind of fucking freaking out a bit because obviously, as soon as you see Verona, you're just like, mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's one of those names. They be you said I think in both interviews about how you saw him as a long term core member of this team. So yeah, like I said, the winged. Winged Wheels podcast guys come on. So, AB, what were your initial thoughts on the trade? Then how do you feel now after talking to Brad Bryan? Uh, my initial thoughts, um, and I, I will stick to this. I think I was one of the very few people that didn't completely – and I'm I'm supposed to be the overreacting Cavs fan here. Remember, with Tarek, I tell him that every time. I'm the overreactor. I think I'm one of the very few Cavs fans that honestly did not because when I first read it, well, one Billman texted me, and I didn't know what was going on. I was in the middle of golf. I was I was golfing, um, 
And Tim when I first read it, I saw well, I saw the first three words that I saw were Capitals acquire Anthony Mantha, and I was hyped. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Anthony Mantha! He's a good fucking player, and he's huge. Like I, I like having size for the playoffs." So I was hyped on that. Then I kept reading, and it was like for Jacob Vron. I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah." You think Vron, and you just immediately kind of get freaked out. And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck that's That kind of sucks." I, I mean, I like we love Vrana. He's kind of like our baby boy, kind of like Burakovsky was, right? So it's it's kind of tough to see him go. But then, then there was also Richard Panic. And I was like, um, that's, I was like, all right, that's cool. And then there was a first round pick and a second round pick. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of a lot. That's, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, was, it, it felt like it was a lot at first, but I was still pretty hyped that we at least got an Anthony Mantha out of this trade. And this is, I mean, at this point, I think besides the Taylor Hall trade, this is probably, this was the best trade today. For mm-hmm. the deadline, for sure, by far, I think. Oh yeah, the biggest one. The biggest one, yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, like I said, other than the Taylor Hall trade, I think it's like the the Foligno and the Mantha trade are the are the the two like second tier trades, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think it made a lot of noise. Um, and I think I think we're getting a very very good player in Anthony Mantha. I hope he plays regular second line minutes. Um, I I hope he I hope. I, I think he should play with Backstrom to get him going like almost immediately. Uh, but that's yeah. my personal opinion. Um, no better guy to ease you into the lineup than Nick Backstrom, I guess. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> so I just, uh, I don't know. I was, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited for this trade and, and talking to the wing wheel guys, like they broke it down even more and, and like, just kind of reiterated some of the things that uh, like I, some of the things I did know and some things that I didn't know. I mean, yeah. They did mention about him him being on the power play and everything like that. And I just don't I personally don't see him making that first line power play and that first line power play stays out there for two minutes anyway. So it's yep. like Yeah. But what about, yeah. what about you, Ben? What you got? What were your initial thoughts on it? How you feeling now? My initial thoughts were I was very upset because I was one of the people who was very caught off guard that Verona was getting moved. I thought, like, no chance. Like, he never even crossed my mind as someone being moved. Like, I thought maybe, like, a Ponick or something just to get rid of some cap or even a Carl Haglund maybe, but I know they love him. But then uh, I was even more mad when I saw that there was a first and a second. But the only thing, like, over time I've gotten a little – over time it's been a few hours. But in those (laughs) few hours I've, like, I've kind of come to terms with it because – the draft is such a joke this year. So, and it's going to be a late first round pick. So like that could just be absolutely anything that's so up in the air. Yeah. That's a lot of, I've seen that a lot on Twitter about people are saying like, it's not that big of a dope because this draft class kind of sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And like, you can't scout anybody. And uh, I like, obviously those picks are to help take the Ponic contract out of the first or the second. So like, I get it from that perspective, but when at first glance, it's a gross overpayment for Anthony. Agreed. So let's get more into it now. Uh, Winged wheeled podcast guys, Brad Ryan. All right. We now welcome on two very awesome guests to uh, break down the big trade today. Anthony Monta for Jacob Ron and a couple other things. We got Ryan. And Brad from the Winged Wheel Podcast. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, love it. So, yeah, like we said, I mean, let's 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 start with you guys. What were the initial what were the initial reactions to the trade? What what was the first thing you kind of thought when that all came through right there? Well, it was uh, it came in at like what three thirty p.m. Yeah, it was and super uh, late. 
we were sitting there waiting actually for the Glendenning for like a fifth round pick trade to come through. Like, yeah, me and my roommates were talking about the Glendenning sweepstakes today. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? James Duthie said that on TSN and like, that was just such a hallmark Red Wings fan moment right there. Like it's just been such a garbage rebuild. And that's all we have to look forward to is like Glenn Denning getting moved for a fourth and we can pick that apart for two hours. And then Mantha came through. Um, we we knew it was a possibility with Mantha anytime between now and, and a few years from now when he was around age 29. We had no idea though. Iserman's just, he's the hardest poker player to read so to speak and there was not a whisper of this we had no idea there's any connection to washington so it was pure shock yeah yeah Yeah. we had seen a lot of detroit washington connections in trades over the last 48 hours or so but it was all bernier right that's what i was gonna say was bernier was the only name that i thought was coming this way but yeah that would have been my guess if you had told me that and um it was funny the roller coaster of emotions Red Wings fans went through when Kevin Weeks broke the news. I don't know how how dramatic it was for you guys, but because he said Mantha's been traded to the Capitals for Verana, Ponick, and more, mm-hmm. and that and more that was left hanging in the air for about <laughs> five ten minutes sent every Wings fan into just a spiral <laughs> of insanity, wondering what it was because it could have been anything from a fourth to Connor McMichael. We had no clue, so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, obviously being a first and a second, uh, uh, when we saw that Red Wings fans were like, okay, we're happy. Yeah. That, <laughs> that works. Understanding that it's going to be a late first round pick late second round pick, but still we, we were not completely clueless to who Jakob Brana was. So we, we were pretty happy with the return overall. Um, obviously it's a long-term thing for Detroit and we understand mm-hmm. that and that's fine. And Mantha was pretty popular in Detroit, so we were all bummed to see him go. But it, it makes sense for both teams. Mantha's your win now guy, and the Red Wings got pieces for the rebuild. Yeah, that that was my first first thing I did was go straight to the Red Wings tweet about it. Because obviously we looked at the cap suite, and you can scroll through, and everybody's like, fuck this, fuck that. What did you do? <laughs> the immediate reaction. So we go to the Red Wings Twitter, like you click on it. I read the tweet. It's like, all right, like people are like super sad he's leaving. Glad for the return. Obviously, my my initial thought was we got fleeced in the deal by far definitely definitely went on y'all side it's okay here's the thing with mantha he's actually become a little bit more polarizing over the last year or so i'm gonna cut to the chase he's had a shit year by his standards mm-hmm. and if you look at his point totals it's not like absolutely garbage but i i genuinely mean it and like i know to some degree me and brad are homers for mantha like we're, we're really big on the guy but like genuinely like my hockey analysis is this guy could be a 40 goal scorer and sometimes he plays and you're just like oh he can't be stopped and sometimes you're like anthony like you i know you can be doing more what is it out there um he's he's on a great contract he's cost controlled and if if he can be brought into a system with you know a coach that understands how to play him and how to develop him which we're not going to we do enough bashing of Blashill on our own podcast. We're not going to do it here, but maybe Blashill <laughs> wasn't the best coach for Mantha, but if he can be put under a coach who knows how to utilize him and be surrounded by talent, there's a best case scenario where Washington gets a 30 to 40 goal scorer. Who's a playoff performer for you in here. That said, it's a big, if, you know, my take yeah. before Mantha got traded was we might just be seeing a guy who floats between 15 and 40 goal pace, which is a huge variance for the rest of his career. We just don't know. Um, Washington took the risk early, which is, I think, the right thing to do. Did Washington give up a lot? Honestly, yeah. 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 I We're big Mantha fans, and we're happy, and, and that should say, like, this was a pretty big payment. It's a, it's a big swing. 
from, so from Washington. Kind of the, the the first thing that I wanted to say is when it, in regards to Mantha, um, pretty much any time the Red Wings are on like a national broadcast, which is very rare, Mantha is usually one of the storylines about how this kid could be a superstar. And he hasn't gotten to that level yet. So that's like, I'm probably one of the very few Cavs fans that did not hate this trade immediately. But everyone's immediate reaction was like, fuck this, what the hell are we doing? But I was the one that was like, I saw the name Anthony, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I saw Vron, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But like, you kind of got to have to give and take in like this type of trade. Um, and then the other thing is with the and more, um, I think it's it's all it all comes down to that uh, Richard Ponick contract, basically. I think the and more was kind of just to get rid of Richard Ponick. So I didn't yeah. absolutely hate it like everyone else did. And the more like the more time I got over just like saying goodbye to Vrana, basically, because Vrana was he, he was our boy. Like he, he his rookie season. We won a Stanley Cup. He had two huge goals for us. So I think that's when yeah. everyone fell in love. But then again, but like, two of his three career playoff goals. That's about Yeah, it. now he yeah. only has three playoff goals. Total it was also just career, like so. interesting hearing you talk about Mantha that way because it almost sounds exactly like what people are saying with Verona. It's like he's kind of having an off year. When he's on, he's on. He could be a 30 to 40 goal scorer and he's just not under the right coach. He's not getting enough minutes. So it seems like we're kind of getting exactly what each team needs from a player right now. Yeah, because the thing that we've noticed since Eisman took over Detroit is he he very much has a a type um, when it comes to the players he likes. He he likes fast and he likes aggressive. And even though um, Anthony Mantha is deceptively fast, like when he gets going, he goes. Even though he doesn't look like it, he's like Jack Eichel that way. Yeah, ex- exact great comparison. Um, he didn't fit Eisman's mold of what he was looking. Verona's has his inconsistency issues, but he's a very quick player, which is the exact thing Mantha is not. Mantha slows the game down to his pace, which is something I see Washington do all the time in their puck possession style, especially with guys like Backstrom and Ovi when they're on the ice. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Ponic thing, that, that was one of the things uh, we talked about on our episode that we just recorded an hour or so ago. Um, you can, it's not exactly an even split, but it's basically what we felt was Verona and the first got traded for Mantha. And then yeah. Washington gave the Red Wings a second to unload Ponick's contract. Now a second's rich uh-huh. to unload that contract. So I, it's packaged into the other side. So it's not a clean break, but that's kind of how we were viewing it. Um, but the long and short of it though, is this would still be a win-win trade because obviously you can split the hairs on value. Obviously you guys are in win now mode. Getting Mantha is going to help with that. Now we're rebuild all these pieces. We're thrilled. Um, The reference I bought up, brought up or reference comparison. I brought up on our episode was the Dallas Calgary trade back in the late nineties, Newendike for Aginla. Calgary value Mm. standpoint, won that trade Mm -hmm. running away because they got a hall of fame career out of Jerome Aginla which and Dallas only got a couple seasons out of Joe Newendike. So Calgary fans are over the moon. They got their captain, the best player in franchise history. But Joe Newendike was a big contributor for a Stanley Cup. So that immediately makes the trade worthwhile. So if Washington goes on a run in the next uh, four years while Mantha's under contract, great. Even if Verona turns into an all-star and that first round pick turns into an all-star, nobody's going to be angry. So there is a strong reality where both teams come away from this over the moon. Right. The other thing that I think that hurts cast fans, which we may have already uh, kind of spoke about this, but 
we saw Vrana being here for the next like 10 years. Uh, we saw oh. like, I mean, everyone knows Caps time is pretty much coming up here soon. Um, Ovi's 35, Backstrom's 33, 34. Um, and so we saw Tom Wilson and Vrana being like our guys and then Connor McMichael whenever he gets up. So I think that's the other thing that everyone's like trying to like, holy shit, now what, now what, all we have is Wilson left. And, and, yeah. and they're kind of freaking out about that. But. Yeah. Well, no. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. It comes down to that philosophical question. Are you, are you all in or not? Right. Cause we obviously yeah. were spoiled. The Red Wings were top of the league for 25 years. You know, that streak playoff streak will probably never be seen again. And yeah, if you kept Verona and, you know, obviously McMichael pans out and, you know, you have some pieces once Ovi and Backstrom and those guys move on. Is that a cup contending core? If the answer is mm. no, then yeah, you know, you have your window attack that window with everything you have. If you're like, okay, yeah, we can win a cup with, you know, McMichael and whoever has the centerpiece of the team. All right. Then you have to take a different approach. Cause you look at Pittsburgh, not to bring them up on this podcast. They're, they don't give a shit about five years from now. They're selling no, fucking no. everybody. Because <laughs> yeah. they know once Crosby and Malkin are yeah. gone, they're screwed. Yeah, they don't give a damn, yeah. And honestly, like, I, re- I respect that. They they know they're fucked after. But if they get one or two more cups out of it, they're not going to complain. And, and to me, Washington's in that same boat. Yeah, Mantha, the way he plays, his age, his contract, you're not getting much of, out of him beyond this contract, if anything at all. But he is going to give you a better chance to win the Stanley cup. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And that, no, go ahead. Ben. You got it. Well, okay. I was just going to say, Brad, like you were saying, it was, you talk about how Vrana fits more. The Yarsman system is fast and speed. Whereas I guess Manta fits the Lavalette system, a big physical kind of guy like that. So how does he really fit in terms of a physical, because we're a physical team. We have been for a couple of years now. We're big kind of bank bodies. So how does he fit in that mold? And does he do anything else in terms of like, will he be a good power play fit? He could be is he a PK guy? Like how could he slide into our second power play unit like Rana was? Or just don't let him fight, man. Just don't, just let, don't him let him fight. He's got his hands. hands. We're good yeah. on that. We, yeah. yeah. Every scrap he gets into, he misses three months afterwards. Um <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. so he, here's the thing with Mantha. He he's big, he's strong, he's great on the cycle, he's not physical. He's not a guy who's gonna go in there, you know, running guys in the corner and uh, playing at a million miles an hour. He is the opposite of Tom Wilson. Um, he does have surprisingly good defensive metrics because he's he's kind of had that label as a, a offense-only guy, bit of a lazy floater-type player, even though that's not fully true. Um, good metrics, good with the puck, good on the cycle. So he can play the quote-unquote big system because when he gets the puck, usually it's his until he deems otherwise. Right. Um, he is. He was Detroit's trigger man on the power play uh, before he swapped with Zadina this year. So he is and a really he's, good. He's best from the opposite side of Ovi. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Ooh. Yeah, he is a legitimate one-timer threat. That is, okay. he, yeah. he hands down had the best shot on the Red Wings and it wasn't particularly <laughs> close. He just had nobody to properly give him the puck. Interesting. Um, yeah, so obviously with Ovi on the one side, he's going to be the trigger man, but... Uh, Mantha's a perfect option too if you run the uh, the umbrella on the power play. And another thing to add on Mantha is he's genuinely a play driver. I think his play was divisive enough this year where people lose sight of that, but he is a puck possession 
uh, fiend. He drives the play and he generates space for those around him. Uh, that doesn't turn into a lot when those around you are the rest of the Detroit Red Wings currently. Like there's not a lot of talent there. Yeah. And uh, since Bertuzzi's been out, there hasn't been a lot of that, you know, Hallmark, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha line that's thrived. Mm-hmm. So you know, Mantha hasn't always had the best teammates, but again, surrounded by talent like Washington, a guy who holds the puck and generates space for your talent. I, I, I do see that being a good fit. He loves to slow the game down when he can. And it's not because he can't skate. It's because he's skilled enough to do it. And what okay. I was just going to say was, yeah, you guys were just touching on uh, how like we're in win now mode, obviously, and man, that helps with that. I was just wondering, I feel like these players are fairly comparable, not in terms of like the way they play, but like the way they're going to help the team. So I was just wondering everyone here, like not just you two but alex and billman um do you guys think like this helps them in win now mode like you think mantha is a better piece to help them win today than rana was uh i well for my first thought is uh yes playoff wise i think he's a he's just more fit for the playoffs um rana was like i mean i never want to say an nhl player is scared of getting physical but rana did have a little bit shy away from the corners a bit and I mean, I know you said that Mantha isn't the most physical player in the world, but I mean, he's 6'5", 220 or 230. I mean, he's, he's ginormous. He, he dominates the puck, it sounds like. Um, so I think in that perspective, yes. I mean, does it, I'm not sure. You said he's deceptively fast as well. The thing about Vrana is that he was good for one breakaway game. It, it was, he, his first three steps might be like quickest, some of the quickest top I've five seen, in the yeah. league at least. Um, that's the that's the only thing that we're going to lose from Brana. But other than that, I I personally think that this Mantha, I, I like Mantha a lot this year right now. So it, it's funny too because um, these are in terms of circumstance and context, these two players can be more opposite to compare. Obviously, their playing styles are different. When, when you actually look at the underlying analytics, Vrana has driven play and produced better at a yeah. per sixty rate <laughs> than Mantha. But Mantha's also been asked to damn near carry the entire Red Wings offense, him and Larkin together. So he's played north of 20 minutes a night routinely with very little help around him. Whereas Verona, I know enough about the Cavs to know he was severely underutilized. And but he was playing with a much better supporting cast. So now that those are going to be flipped, I, I could see this going a lot of ways for both guys because you know, Verona is going to be losing the talent around him, but he's probably going to get jumped, bumped up by four, five, six, seven minutes a game. Yeah. Whereas Mantha's ice time is going to come down a little bit, but he's actually going to be playing with players who can get him the puck. Cause even though he spent a lot of time with Dylan Larkin, playmaking is not is, the hallmark of Dylan Larkin's game. Yeah. So it, it's, is he primarily a left wing? Is he primarily a left wing? He, the benefit of Mantha is he can play either side. Um, okay. He thrives better on the right side. Um, oh, but he can't. He can play either side. See, because that because you look at our lineup and it's interesting to see where he would slot if he's on that right side. He's probably because Laviolette's been doing this thing where he has our kind of set first line of Ovi, Kuzi, Wilson, and then that second and third line. It's either Backstrom, Sprong, Sherry, or like Eller, Oshie, and I guess now Manta because Rano is down on that bottom <laughs> pair right there. So I guess you, you're, I'm seeing like a Backstrom, Oshie. Manta line possibly a Lars maybe start him on the third with Lars and Oshi and I don't know I feel like there's a lot of options here that he can thrive in either of those situations. Uh, the only thing that I'm a little nervous about is that um, I mean you said he he was kind of like a power play not not prowess or anything like that but he was he was your go to guy on the power play and I think like 
I don't know what it is. Hopefully Laviolette does like experiment a little bit because our power play has been so inconsistent. Sometimes it's, it's running at like a 40% clip within these certain games. And then it'll be running at like a 9% clip. And it's, it's just brutal to watch, even though everyone thinks that OV scores only one spot on the power play. But I just, for some reason, I don't see him making that top line because we're just so, they're just so attached to the five guys that they have right there, which is right now Oshie, um, Baxter, your Baxter on that spot that Mantha would be one timing from uh, Ovi on the other side, Carlson up top. Yeah, here's the crux of it, and this is the general takeaway for the entire trade. Uh, whether or not Washington comes out a winner or at least a, a, you know as a wash in this trade, I think it comes down to Laviolette and what he can unlock in Mantha. You 100% know, agree. Yep. Power play playoffs because that's a thing for you guys that completely it blows my mind that they're you know as a podcast one day we'll have to talk about playoffs again brad but power play playoffs you know those are two key areas to focus for sure but overall how mantha fits in in the game like he's not a specialist he can do it all it just depends on if he can be unlocked of course at the end of the day that's on mantha but if laviolette can get the best out of him that's when you guys are going to be able to do a retrospective episode and say hey look it looked shitty at the time but we got a cup out of it or we made two more straight you know, Eastern conference finals or whatever it is. Um, The skills there, the skill is there. It's just about getting it out of them. Yeah. And I think, I think, like you said, he's, he's a puck dominant player and he kind of controls the puck at will when he wants to. The good thing that the caps have is that we have two players who are some of the best addition to puck and Kuznetsov and Backstrom and back. And I think Backstrom would be the best asset to have on his line. I think Backstrom will, like what he'll be like, he'll ask Mantha, what do you want to do here? I can get you the puck. Where are you going to be at? Just let me know. And I, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's the, the key thing here. I'm, I'm hoping he's playing with Baxter more than anyone. A lot of Mantha's production on the power play was like automatic for a little bit. And it quickly got shut down. Cause when you have like two or three threats on your entire team, the other team just game plans for that. Right. So you spread out that kind of defense and it's not all just on Mantha and you have one of the best passers of this generation and Nicholas Backstrom feeding him the puck, man, there's a lot of opportunity there. I like this for Washington. I really do. I think there's, there's opportunity. Yeah. There. You got me pretty in a good mood right now. These, these <laughs> 20 minutes have got me feeling pretty fucking good right now. I hated it when I first saw it. I think that was the first thing I, well, all you do is you read the name good. and you're just like, immediately like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shit. But then, like, once you sit on a little bit more, Mantha is definitely more of a Washington style of player than I think Vrana is. As much as we like to say they're a fast team, they're not. They're, like, a big slow down the game, get physical kind of team. And I think Vrana fits in better in Detroit system. All right, how about this, boys? Washington, first-round exit this year. Very disappointing for everyone. Detroit maximizes the first-round pick. Next year, Washington can go on to win the Cup. I don't give a shit. That's great. Fantastic. <laughs> Mantha wins the Cup. Mantha scores 40. You know, Conn Smythe, yeah, winner at work. We it. all walk away happy. Oh, okay. yeah, that's, that's fine with me. I mean, the first-round exit again for the third-year in Rails might be a little tough to... <laughs> I think there'll be some uh, some bigger issues that will be addressed after that. <laughs> but yeah, the third I'm, I'm more worried about the repercussions of a third round exit or first round exit again this year for the third year in a row. <laughs> but we'll see. But gentlemen, we appreciate it, guys. Ryan, Brad, tell us tell us where everybody can go find you, listen to you, Red Wings content, all that good stuff. Yeah, where wherever you find your podcast, uh, go to wingwheelpodcast.com and you can find an entire pretty list of things there. But if you search on Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, we're on YouTube as well. Just look up wing wheel podcast. If you see uh, three ugly mugs and uh, you know, then you Sounds know, you like found ours, the right yeah. place. Yeah. Sounds like so us. appreciate you guys having <laughs> us on.
Yeah, appreciate it. Now the our official our official Red Wings affiliate on the pod here, guys. Amazing. So again, we appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. All right, thanks again to Brad and Ryan for hopping on from the Winged Wheeled Podcast. Go follow them. They're our new guys. They're they're. I mean, there are now Dan Silver Red Wings, since we do have Dan Silver, our favorite Philadelphia Flyer, coming on in a bit to talk that raffle trade and just some other hockey stuff. But, um, yeah, I feel that good about it. That raffle trade. That raffle <laughs> trade, because it's just like that raffle trade, baby, that big, massive raffle trade. But, yeah, I feel good about it. So let's talk some Let's talk some other trades. Let's talk rumors, uh, since the Caps were apparently rumored in the Fligno and the Taylor Hall trades, which was kind of crazy. I ain't buying it. Nah, you ain't buying it, AB. I ain't buying it. I think yeah, we just yeah. put, we just love putting our names out there. Just like, hey, you're, you're trading Taylor Hall? They're like, yeah. Okay, we'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me give me five. I gotta go. I gotta go take a piss and get some dinner. And just never hit him back. I mean, the yeah. apparently between and for the Fleekno one, it was us, the Avs, and the Leafs were the were the three there. Yeah, I mean the Fleekno one, I do. I like. I I think that would have been a great ad for us. Do you uh, go Vrana in a first for Fligno? Or do you no. do the same exact trade for Fligno that we did for Vrana? Not, not even a little, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Um, I don't know, what'd they get? What'd they get for Fligno? Uh, first and two fourths. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, no, no, no shot. Uh, <laughs> like, I would take, I would take Vrana over Fligno, I think. And um, also, Toronto's only paying 25% of his salary. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Is he a rental? Is his contract coming up? Uh, yeah, and he's probably going to resign in Columbus. That's the thing yeah. about Mantha too is that he's not a rental. Like they're really yeah, just they're really years. just dumping this fucker to go try to win a cup in Toronto, and he's going to be right back. Yeah, captain of the team, back to being captain of the team next year too. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, I know. I see like Cam Atkinson like tweeting like you're the best captain I've ever had and shit. It's like he's going to be back in like a few months. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I don't mean to uh, kind of go backwards here but what if uh gmbm here is just playing chess and not checkers and we went trade for trade for mantha yeah somehow win a cup within the next year or two uh his contract expires and uh we somehow get vrana back so he still is a long-term core player that'd be wild i don't don't, i don't know if i ever see vrana as a cap again unfortunately you think he's too pissed and he's he's like fuck those guys Probably he'd love. I was actually year. also I was actually also gonna go back on Mantha just because I had like I took notes. I'm a notes guy. If you guys okay. didn't know, I've told you a yeah, couple yeah. times I'm a notes guy. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I just, uh, what I have in my notes is that Mantha is just like a perfect like GMBM player, just like big skilled, like has the puck can shoot and like, and Laviolette player in a way. Yeah, and a Laviolette player exactly. And then he also had salaries that he needed gone because he has Ovechkin coming up, and also had like zero dollars in cap space at the trade deadline. So I feel like he just like told Stevie Y what he wanted why stevie wise like here's the price and he just kind of had to accept it he's just like we like i need to make this deal yeah it's kind of more of a need to do it the price i understand this is not going to be a a popular one by any means but it's kind of got to be done here Tarek had a really good um blog or article i should say uh, about the ovechkin deal if anybody wants to go read it it's like there's the three ways it could happen like it's a four-year deal a two-year deal and a one-year deal or something and it's he does the whole breakdown it's pretty good stuff but yeah so taylor hall horror league no uh somebody else that did leave jonas siegenthaler he's gone man new jersey dick panic too dick panic well we've we talked plenty of dick panic but this is this is siegenthaler's minute now baby i I was a big siegenthaler (laughs) guy always have been always will be don't great defenseman we just got super deep i don't love this honestly 
Um, mm-hmm. We got Arizona's third round pick in this year's draft, but I thought Sagan thought was one of those guys that deserved ice time this year. Uh, it's always been great. I, what was he our leading shot blocker last year on that blue line? Yeah, he's played such a good, sure. good physical, smart defensive style, man. And what's going to happen when all of our old SD right now just like are like gone in like two years? Because is Char Stane? Who the hell knows? But we'll start with you guys on Siegenthaler. Yeah, I I was also a huge uh, Siegenthaler fan. I mean, I mean, he's just been pretty consistent throughout his entire career with us. Um, he didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, I mean, he didn't like he didn't possess the puck a, a ton. Like he was a defensive defenseman, which we, uh, which we feel like we're kind of running out of until we picked up like Chara, but like, like he came in and kind of filled in Brooks Orpik's role a little bit, like didn't have the same leadership qualities, but um, he didn't turn, he didn't turn the puck over like a, a crazy amount. physical in the corners. Good. Yeah. Stick. He was, he was good in the corners. Like he, he just had a great solid game in our own defensive end. And uh, I, it was definitely kind of a question mark. I, I, my theory behind it is he got rid of him to also fit for this Mantha trade or whatever trade he was going to make. That's, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it is I, he was just clearing cap space. I, I honestly, I, I think he was like, we're not using him at all, which they probably, they probably could have in multiple times this year, this season. Yeah. But I mean, even look at TVR when TVR came in and we had seven defensemen, he's he, he literally got 28 seconds of ice time one game. Yeah. Zero zero he was he dressed and didn't get any ice time yeah so, yeah, like 12, yeah why are we paying these guys this money if we're not even using either of them and we're deep on the left side man we're deep on the yeah, left that's side what i was about to say it feels like a trade that didn't need to happen just because like he wasn't even playing like why get rid of him for cap space but then at the same time i know that everyone's high on Faravari, who's probably going to be coming up next year in some capacity and then the right side's going to need someone like TVR to be that extra guy. Yeah. So I don't love it, but like I can. See. I mean, does he does he become top four defenseman in New Jersey? You're the top four right now: Subban, Butcher, Murray, Damon Severson. And they just traded Kulikov too, right? Yeah, they got they got Vatten in. Yeah. I, like I on mean, the left side, no, it's no, Ty Smith, Vatten, Ryan Murray. Vatten got picked up by Dallas on waivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see it now. It's okay. That's why he's got the Dallas jersey on. But their left side is Butcher, Ryan Murray, and Ty Smith. So we traded for the Arizona's third-round pick, right? Yeah. But it was to Jersey? Jersey had that pick or something? Yeah, Jersey yeah. had that. Because I saw people thinking that we traded him to Arizona. That's what I thought when I first saw it. And I was like, oh, Me shit. too, actually. But I just didn't want to sound dumb. That would have been yeah. kind of cool with that if you went and played for the Oats. Yeah. Because, oh, I well, that's what I, at first I was I was going to say. is like, yeah, I think he might he might get some uh, ice time with the, with in Arizona. And I was Oh, he's in New Jersey. Fuck me. <laughs> but um, we're gonna be seeing him a lot, and he's probably gonna just like dummy us every time he plays. He's not gonna dummy us by like scoring us or anything. But a couple times, he'll probably like bundle someone poke in the corner the or something. Poke the puck off somebody. Poke the puck off Ovi on like a two-on-one rush. From like, just get ready for Cap's Twitter when he poke checks Ovechkin. It's like we could have had this. Or blocks yeah. an Ovi clap. Oh on yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's got, we're gonna be all over that, and it's gonna be super <laughs> negative. I, I mean, I. I like these guys that we've had, like they were, they've been with us for the past like three or four seasons. Um, and they're not getting the ice time that they kind of deserve, you know, like they're all good players. Like look at Chandler Stevenson. He goes over to Vegas and he's kind of tearing it up and getting yep. regular minutes. He's been and, good there. It's been very yeah, good there. And, and Top six. now Vrana's going to go over to Detroit and probably play 20 minutes a game because they don't yep. have shit over there. Yep. Yep. Um, yep, yep. Yep. And now Siegenthaler, hopefully he can, 
find 15, 15 to 16 minutes a game. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse that we have just such an old, good, like top unit of our team because right. like, obviously they're so skilled, but it's keeping the young guys out. Right. Yeah. And we're not willing to get rid of our old guys yet because we're, they're still competing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We still have a chance to win a cup here. Uh, one of the things too talked about possible goaltending deaths. We got the news, Henry Clungfist. He actually, like, legit before this meeting he had was like, oh, yo, I'm, like, going to be back with the Caps this year. Yeah, I saw uh, when he was like – He was, like, legit, like, I'm going to be back. Yeah, he was like, I'm I'm really hoping to play. I was like, holy fuck, that would be nuts. (laughs) Yeah, and even, like, after he wasn't cleared, because I guess some inflammation showed up, he was like, it's like, I was, like, I was about to – like kind of joined the team and then I, we got this news like this the, the end goal was like i'll probably gonna be on this team i was like oh it kind of makes me feel really good but we don't go get goaltending depth so that shows gm uh bm's trust and i guess labs trust and just running samson off and vanny and seeing who the hell's hot yeah i mean frank Connolly just scored in his first game with the hawks sorry kind of a kind of a risk i guess um i also think that <laughs> it like might be frank Connolly. <laughs> I, I, it might just be another like cap issue type thing where he couldn't really get anyone out there. Cause I mean, we have two goalies that are on a fucking, are they both on rookie contracts? Yeah. Min- so. Minimum contracts. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, who else? I mean, everyone was screaming for Darcy Kemper, right? Like, I don't know. He's, uh, he's probably getting more than minimum uh, league minimum, I think. But uh, I just, I mean, who else were you going to go and get, you know? Well, the big one that I heard was Bernier, so it's like I wouldn't yeah, have been mad if he came back with Mantha also, but like I wouldn't have been just huge completely gotten rid of. Yeah, I wouldn't have been huge on it either. I wouldn't have minded just so the trade looked a little more even, but we probably would have just run into more cap problems if they brought him back. Would you have traded Vanacek for a good goalie? What if you sent no. like Vanacek and Rana somewhere for Mark Andre Fleury? You guys can have Vanny keep Leonard since you guys like love Leonard that much and take Rana. Take Vanacek, great backup. We'll take Mark Andre. Mark Andre. Uh, I would seriously think about that, honestly. But I would have guaranteed us if I knew if I knew that Verona was like on the table like that, maybe I would have. But like, if I didn't know that he was even an option, I probably wouldn't have said no. Yeah, true. Good point. But I mean, Mark Andre Fleury. Like, when you say that came to mind, and it came to mind because Vegas has the two starters and you're kind of just like what the fuck i was gonna say when you say a name like that he's like low-key like one of the best goaltenders in the nhl right now yeah i'd say high key yeah like it's he's he's still like competing for vesna trophies it's like what imagine the, the outrage fuck? if he became a cap yeah yeah that'd be Pittsburgh. wild and oh. vegas honestly vegas fucking hates vegas. us too yeah, they do. I miss playing them those fucking scumbags Did you see reeves hit the other night what'd you think about oh it? i was just about to ask like he decapitated him <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a thirty game suspension for Wilson. Yeah, no, like he fucking the guy up. Yeah, man, he fucking he lined them up and just fucking. He's a big boy, so they always look real bad. But would you? Dude, that it was that, a pretty top heavy hit. Wow, and then you look at the slow mo, and the guy's head is like just like at his waist, kind of. And you're like, that's guess. I guess it has to be contact because he's two feet lower. <laughs> Head contact. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's, there's not even a hearing for him, right? No, nothing. Even no penalty it. either. <laughs> yeah. Fucking uh, nuts, fuck dude. it. Get oh, the well. fuck out of here. Uh, let's go to it. The other, the other trade raffle to the Caps. We got Dan Silver. The big one. We got Dan Silver on. So let's kick it to him. 
All right, we now welcome back on our favorite Flyers guy, Dan Silver. What's going on, man? Not the most eventful day for you guys, but What's so going on? I, glad to have you back. Always a pleasure to talk to you. First quick question, why did you tweet that you were happy that the Flyers got rid of Raffle? I didn't tweet that, I don't think. Did I? You didn't make it clear, but you kind of implied that you were kind of happy that he was gone. Oh, no, I love Michael Raffle. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, I think the whole thing with the Flyers was that they're not going to make the playoffs. So any of these, you know, unrestricted free agents to be like Raffle and Gustafson that he need, like Chuck Fletcher needed to trade them. Otherwise we were just going to lose them for nothing. So, gotcha. you know, and Lawton was the one who they were either going to sign or they were going to trade. They decided to sign him. So, but at that point they had to trade Raffle and, um, Gustafson, but yeah, no, I think man, Raffle's going to be a great addition for you guys. I think he's injured at the moment. I think he's like out for the next two weeks or something. Yeah, I was reading um, a tweet today. I said he won't be available kind of anytime soon on the ice, really. But he's a, I mean, for as like a fourth liner, he's a great addition. I mean, he he was he's a lot. He's like Flyers fans are really negative, and he's one of the only Flyers players that. I'd say 95% of Flyers Twitter like doesn't have anything negative to say about. Like he's just oh, he's okay. like a great mm. he's a great guy. He's heavy on the puck. Um, he's never going to hurt you defensively, and he's he's scored some like nice goals from from time to time. I think he's a really good addition for you guys. So what about if I want to say like PK wise? Is he a, is he a good PK guy? Because yeah. if I'm looking at that fourth line, I mean you're obviously very familiar with us. Uh, obviously, are we are this year watching the teams night in and night out, and our fourth line has been steady as she goes with Haglin, Dowd, and Hathaway. Do you see where do you, who who do you see him kind of sliding in for on that line outside of obviously Dowd at the center yeah. position? Even though they said he could play center if needed, he's played he's played center. I was just gonna say like he's played left wing, he's played right wing, he's played center. I mean, he can really play any position. So I'd say whatever your weakest spot is on that fourth line, I think he would be fine. He's a guy who, like Dave Haxtall, back in the playoffs when the Flyers got like steamrolled by the Penguins in the first round, I think we got to six games actually, but um, Haxtall like wasn't happy with Travis Konechny. He actually put Raffle on the first line in that playoff series and probably not the best decision, but that just goes to show you like he has some offensive ability. He was on the first line at times. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because our, our our fourth line hasn't changed at all this year, and they've they've gone up and down on the on the uh, analytics charts. Uh, like they, they were at one point like our best our best line by far, and then they've kind of gone on a little bit of a down slope here. Um, so, I but they've no matter what happens, they don't want to split that lineup. I don't know what it is. Um, so I'm almost thinking like, do you think? Uh, and this is also to Billman and Ben as well. Do you think he gets in on the third line or do you think they try to rotate this fourth? It just doesn't look like they're going to like, because Dowd is winning face-offs now. Dowd's like one of the best face-off men uh, in the past, like two months or something like that. Um, and then Carl Hagelin's a great PK specialist and they just, I don't know, for whatever reason, we love Garnet Hathaway. But um, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I was wondering the same thing. Cause I just don't see them breaking up that fourth line just because it's been so effective so i'm actually curious how he's going to slot in right that's why i think he might he might just make it on this third line with lars eller which i i, I wouldn't hate that either give me a third line player mm -hmm. uh, does he how, replace so shiri or sprong though does he replace shiri or sprong exactly right, right. i mean uh, it's i mean tough questions i mean i mean it's i'd rather have this problem right now that 
like we have we're pretty deep at at forward right now going into the playoffs but um i just you know, I, I just i don't see him he hasn't done anything with the fourth line and and i don't know i just yeah you have yeah, both Sheary and sprung on your third line they they pop up and down so what we've been doing we've left the first line alone of ov koozie and wilson and then we're keeping Backstrom and Ellerith center, and they were completely rotating Sprong, Oshi, Shiri, and what was Vrana. So now, I guess Mantha, probably. But yeah, where does Mantha fit in? That was a crazy trade today. Yeah, we we just got off with uh, the Winged Wheel guys of Redskin or uh, Red Wings podcast, and they were saying probably he's. I mean, I'm kind of pumped about him now after like the whole, the nerves or the the frustration calmed down. Just a tire pumping session for Mantha. Yeah, so uh, we're thinking third line there. So that's why we're that's why we're kind of curious about the whole raffle ordeal and kind of what we're going to get out of him and where we're going to slide him in. And real I mean, quick, I know you talked about Mantha ad nauseum, but like. I was upset about that trade because he's the guy that I wanted the Flyers to go after in the offseason. Like, I think the Flyers need to shake it up and kind of bring in some tougher, bigger type wingers who can also score. And so I wanted them to go after Tyler Bertuzzi yeah. and Manta. And um, so I saw that trade and a lot of people think you guys gave up too much, but like, it's the draft picks, right? So it's, it's Verona, and actual player-wise, it's basically just Verona, Verona you know, and, and Manta, so... Right, and and I, the draft picks come in because of the what we we discussed is because of the Panic um, contract, which. Right, right, right. So, I don't know if you follow any of Cavs Twitter at all, but Cavs Twitter absolutely lost their minds today when the trade happened. Like, a, immediate reaction was like, "Fuck this!" Like, because everyone loves Vrana. Um, again, we just spoke about this, but like, he scored two major goals in the in the 2018 Cup run. Uh, he's kind of our baby boy. He's we saw him coming being a capital for the next 10 years of our lives. Now he's gone. But I, I feel like I was one of the very few that was like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it at the same time, just because I think Mantha is one of the most underrated players in the NHL right now, just because he's on Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. It would be like probably if the Flyers trade like Travis connect in the off season yeah. to get like a Tyler Bertuzzi or something like that. Like I, mm. I imagine it was, it was probably like a similar type of reaction. Right. So I mean, so I mean, other than that, the Flyers didn't make many moves today. What what did what did you want to see them do? I guess today. You know, the thing is, like, someone on Twitter today was like, "How do you rate Chuck Fletcher's trade deadline?" And he basically did like what he was gonna do. Like, he re-signed Law, and he was either gonna trade him. He could probably get in a first or second round pick for him, but um, they decided they want to keep him as a Flyer, which I'm fine with. I like him. He's the kind of guy you want to go to war with. And then they traded the, you know, the expiring unrestricted free agents. So, so what I said was I'd give them like a C plus, but this was a, like a pop quiz. This is a quiz. The off season is where Chuck Fletcher is going to have to make his money because the flyers absolutely need a top pairing defenseman. Like it sounds crazy, but when Niskanen retired, we didn't have anyone to play with pro Rob. They didn't replace Niskanen spot. And that's been the single biggest problem the flyers have had. So like they need, they need to get that top pairing defenseman. It's either signing Dougie Hamilton or trying to trade for like a Ryan Ellis or maybe like an Adam Larson, although he's borderline, but like, that's the biggest thing today was whatever the off season is they have to make some changes. Are they in, are they a hundred percent like in on Dougie Hamilton or is that just you speculating? Oh yeah. No, they will definitely be going after Dougie Hamilton. They're going to, if they want to sign him, they're going to have to, find someone to take Jake Voracek's albatross of a salary or find someone to take uh, James and Reemstike's salary. So they're going to have to move one of those guys, but they 
100%, if Dougie Hamilton hits the market, they're going to be after him. The Sabres love making terrible moves, so you could just ship them on over to the Sabres probably. Probably. <laughs> I was also wondering, um, I saw some Flyers fans complaining about Scott Lawton's like, contract, like term and money. What were your thoughts on it? I, I thought it was great. I mean, $3 million. People were complaining, I think, more about the term than the money. And for me, he's 26, 27 years old. Like, he, he'll he be 32 when the contract's over. That's totally fine. I think, that, I think that the money is great. And to me, again, there's something, like, materially wrong with the makeup of the Flyers team. But Lawton's a guy that I think everyone knows is, like, he's a warrior. You want to go to battle with him. So I'm fine with them extending him. They're going to have to – like, Nolan Patrick is going to be gone in the offseason. Um you know, they're going to be getting rid of some guys in the offseason. But Lawton's a guy, as a third liner, I'm okay with them signing. Do you know if they were taking any – or, I mean, I guess not taking any offers, but were, did anyone ask about Scott Lawton in, in the NHL? Because I saw some speculation that, like, he would be a great ad for a cup-contending team. Like he, Because, like you said, he's, he's a guy that, like, will just absolutely battle his nuts off. Yeah, I think that Fletcher said that they were getting a lot of interest in him. Like, I bet you like a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs like if Mike Felino got whatever he, first round pick, like Lawton is a almost like a younger, better version of Felino right now. So I feel like if they had wanted to trade Lawton, they probably could have gotten a first or second round pick. Um, so yeah, there definitely was some interest. Yep. Um, my first thing I did. On, go ahead, ben. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. You got ben, it. Go I, I was just saying my go first ahead. thing I did was just like you go to the you, uh, my immediate reaction is just go to the Flyers tweet about raffle and just see what the fans have to say because nobody's going to either hate or to love it more than the fans. And it all seems to be pretty, pretty kind of like what you said, man. Like they're all saying good utility player. Why are we put trading away underrated players? What the hell are we doing? Yeah, Awful job by Chuck Fletcher. So Flyers fans really like Michael Roffle. Like you're, you're getting a really solid player, human being, every Flyers mm -hmm. fan, like, you know, wants him to go and win a cup with the caps. Although with Jeff Carter getting traded to the Pens today, Flyers fans were like, oh, Jeff Carter and Ron Hextall are going to win the cup together. And so, but. Um, I was just going to ask your thoughts on the whole Nolan Patrick situation. It's just a really unique one considering he missed an entire year last year and he was a second overall pick like three, four years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Nolan Patrick's and it's not just, he came into the NHL and I thought he had a really good first season. He came right into the league. Um, I, I just don't get good vibes from him. Like this may be unfair of me. It's just my opinion. I have nothing to like substantiate it, but I think that maybe he, as a young kid in the league, I think maybe he's got a, a little bit of an arrogance problem. Um, I'm not sure that he's committed to the Flyers. I've heard some rumblings that like he wants to go play in Western Canada. I know he was out all of last year. And so you want to give him some time to get back, but he, he really hasn't looked all that great this year. He kind of looked better as a 19 year old in his first NHL season. My sense is that he doesn't want to be a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. And my sense is that the Flyers also would be okay with moving on from him. It sucks because it's, he was a second overall pick. Like when the Flyers won the lottery that year, or at least moved up to number two, everyone was so excited. And now everyone's like, damn, why didn't the Flyers take Miro Heskinen or Kale McCarr um, or Elias Patterson? So everyone was so excited about them getting him. And I think a lot of Flyers fans still really like him. I just kind of 
I disagree with the opinion. I just, I don't think he wants to be on this team. And so there was actually a rumor today. One of the Flyers beat reporters said that the Vegas Golden Knights were interested in trading for him. And they ended up, the rumor was it was going to be a second and third round pick. And they ended Mm -hmm. up trading for Matthias Janmark and they gave up a second and third round pick. So I think Vegas and the GM in Vegas, Brad McCrimmon, was like the GM at Brandon when Nolan Patrick was there. So there's like a Vegas connection for Nolan Patrick. I think they ultimately decided to go with Yanmark, but I think that Chuck Fletcher is going to look to trade Nolan Patrick. It's kind of a shame the way Hmm. the whole thing's turned out, but I hope he has success somewhere. I don't think it's going to be with the Flyers. I was going to say the way you made it sound there is that it's kind of a mutual separate, like parting of ways here. Why wouldn't they trade them right now at the deadline? But like you said, they, they still could do it over the offseason. Yeah, probably. And it was interesting. Nick Kiprios came out like on his show a couple of weeks ago and said he thought that there was a divide between the Flyers, veterans, and younger players. It's kind of a strange comment to make, right? Yeah. And I've heard some people say that he thinks that that, that that comment was pertaining to like Nolan Patrick and maybe Travis Konechny and some of the way that they interact with some of the older players. that's just speculation but and this is like one of those things where like if if you listen to like spit and chicklets at all uh it's it's the league is different and the and the the younger talent is different because they're not like it's 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 just that they're not being treated like the same way they were like where like you wouldn't dare talk to a super like someone uh, an older guy older veteran on the team the way that some of these guys might be now it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of the Pierre Luc Dubois kind of um situation there where that, that you're saying like it just doesn't want to be here and, and wants to go out to west west can western canada i guess um who else who's the guy from um travis hamannick travis hamannick also had the kind of situation with the islanders mm-hmm. yeah it seems like a lot more and more kind of young kids are trying to you know choose their destination i think that it depends on the guy though like because like like a guy like joel farabee like he's the total opposite he like works his butt off and he came out this year and he was like unbelievable. You know, he took a huge step forward this year. So I think you're right that like in this day and age, it seems a lot more prevalent that these young kids coming up kind of have more of a swagger and more of a little bit of an arrogance to them mm-hmm. uh, than in, in, in the old days. I think you're right about that. So we were, we were kind of on here before you jumped on and we were breaking down your 2021-2022 uh, your Philly Flyers roster right here. And has Mantha on it, right? Yeah, it's OV. got Manta. Well, it's got Ovi too. You're you're, in, oh. you're within the cap space too. Yeah, and you got oh, Ovi at ten million. You got Ovi well, at ten million was, there. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was obviously a huge joke. Like we all. Oh, know yeah. Those, we all know Ovechkin's going to finish yeah. his career oh, with the Caps. We love looking but, at it. Uh, but it was just for shits and giggles, I was like, well, that'd be interesting. But I do. I really would like to see the Flyers go after Tyler Bertuzzi. Like he's a guy I'd really like to see them go after. Except Steve Eiserman never seems to lose trades, so I'm a little worried about that. But um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I would no. love to see a Bertuzzi and a top pair defenseman like a Hamilton or something. But uh, yeah, I just, I got a laugh out of, cause I saw this... like 10 million cap space left after what yeah. I was looking at. And I was like, Oh, let's go sign over. Would you say if this hypo- hypothetical roster doesn't win a cup, it's the biggest choke job of all time. I don't know if I'd go that far. It's, it's close though. Cool. Yeah. We never, we need Carter Hart. to. <clears throat> we got to think of like real Carter Hart, not like the past, like yeah. two or three months, Carter Hart for some reason, since the last time we talked to you, I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, so kind of uh, rotating gears here a little bit. Um, what do you think the Taylor Hall, the Taylor Hall trade, just your opinion? 
Man, it sure seems like they didn't get that much for him, right? I it's, mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, Mike Felino was traded for Felino was traded for more. Mm-hmm. Not Mike, but you know, he, he was traded for more than um, than Taylor Hall was. Yeah, it was. It's kind of crazy. It just seems like Buffalo did a terrible job there. Taylor Hall's an interesting case. We'll see how he does in Boston, but yeah, because he's knee, I we're, we're not knee, big on him here. Like I, I know AB's is not. I'm not big on him. Really kind of impacted him because he missed a lot of time with that knee injury and yeah. i think he just has never been the same since yeah that's i don't what... think he's like two goals bad like i think that he'll be okay in boston but yeah yeah that's what know. a lot of um a lot of devils fans have been saying like pretty much ever since that knee injury like he's he just hasn't been the same but i mean he's i mean throughout his entire career he's been on pretty bad teams i mean he he was an mvp one year obviously and uh, was it was that a good team and well a team that was in the playoffs with uh, the Devils that one year, he gets he goes over to Arizona, and we all think that Arizona is going to make this big step, and they kind of even almost got worse with him. And then he goes to Buffalo, and we're like, oh, with Jack Eichel, maybe they can figure it out. Uh, they're a complete shit show, and now he's at Boston. It's just it just it seems like it's following him at this point. And and then the other thing is, I, I tweeted this I tweeted this today. I was like, if I'm Jack Eichel. I'm never playing for this franchise again. I'm like, no, I'm done. You guys, you guys got to trade. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never like, they just have completely messed up his career. Imagine being a Sabres fan. Oh yeah. Dude, how pissed are you? Just like, Hey, so high on Taylor Hall coming in the season. Like, all right, cool. Maybe something will happen. He's like, no, we just traded him for a bag of pucks. And I, I feel like it all <laughs> it, like almost, well, I mean, it's been going on for a while, but the Kyle Posto one is the one that's kind of sticks out of my mind where it kind of got started. Like they overpaid for him and he's just been, like nobody ever since he left the aisle. Uh, like the, I mean, the Islanders had, like they, they had a lot of players there that ended up like getting paid elsewhere and they just haven't, they just yeah. haven't seen. How like about a, that Skinner deal? Like the Jeff Skinner deal yeah. is horrible too. They just sign these guys and they, oh man. The, yeah. They're just like taking a chance because they have one good season. Like I think Kyle Ocposo had like a 30 or 40 goal season that one season with Tavares gets signed pretty bad. Jeff Skinner, like he he had one, like again, he had one good season, and they signed him to what is it, nine million a year? Nine uh, years, yeah, nine, nine years, nine mil, I think. Like I mean, if you're a prospect coming up, like you're thinking you don't want to get drafted by the Sabers, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ross was Darlene was supposed to be this this stud. He had, you haven't heard anything about him. I mean, Jack Eichel was literally the only noticeable name on that route roster, and at this point, I uh, like. Is he faking an injury right now? Like uh, he's not playing, right? Like that's that was my big thing. I was like, I, I would now I would go right to the front office and just say, nope, not playing for you guys. Trade me as soon as you pay him. So that's your young arrogance. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> love it, love it. So last thing I got for you, Dan, is um, keep it circled May seventh and eighth. If you're down, we'll have to, we might have to go get us a, uh, a a seat bubble. I believe they call it a seating pod. Your Capital One Arena for the the, the Flyers back to backs here Friday Saturday yeah it's uh i don't know it's i tell you what guys it's really tough for me to get excited about the rest of the season just because yeah just because they're just they're not they're not going to be a playoff team and the, the yeah. hopes the, the hopes hope, were the hopes were so high with flyers fans going into the season that it just, oh, i had i had them winning the division it's same been, i had them winning the division it's mm, been crushing too. guys i gotta tell you like yeah, no, it's, I can. Just, it's been a really difficult year for flyers fans and so it's like i can't even now the trade deadline's over I'm just excited to maybe see some of the younger kids who are going to play the rest of the season. Like Tanner Lazinski looks good so far and Wade Allison, probably guys you guys haven't even heard about. Like yeah. Cam York, maybe will come up and play. I don't know. It just, 
it's been it's been disappointing. So I'll just root for the Caps. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's how we came into it. We were just like, shit, man. Like this year, it's it's the Flyers of the team to be because you obviously throttled us in like every single game last year. It wasn't even a close series. You were just had our number. And we're like, all right, like, like I was thinking, I was like, Flyers, Caps, Bruins, probably slip swap second or third, and then Islanders. And I thought, I thought, I don't know, I don't know how it happened. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, can... you mentioned some names there though. Like Cam York, he's a very exciting player to have coming yeah. up, and then Joel Farabee. I think he's has he been one of the best players on the team? Oh yeah. He's been yeah. one of the best players on the team all year long. He's been kind of hitting a little bit of a wall the last few weeks, I guess. But no, he's everyone's really excited about therapy. Yeah. And I mean, it's that's that's another thing. Like, in order to like be a cup contending team, like you need these young guys coming up to have like stellar years. And it's like we got Joel Farabee to have his stellar year, but it just seemed like no one else did. I don't know. Like did it start with the goaltending or is it just all over it, the roster? Honestly, it started with the lack of a number one defenseman. And there was a trickle-down effect. Like, we were hoping that Phil Myers might be able to become, like, a top-pairing defenseman. Instead, he's just taken at age 24, like, a huge step back. Travis Sanheim's taken a big step back. Um, obviously, Nolan Patrick. Travis Konechny, has been pretty good recently, but, like, he kind of took a step back. Carter yeah. Hart, because the defense was so bad, started facing to, yeah. really high-percentage <laughs> shots. And he – it's kind of snowballed for him. He's got no confidence right now. So Farabee was like the only young kid who performed better than expectations and everything else was kind of a disaster. And Kevin Hayes also has not been good. Like he was pretty good last year and Flyers fans were excited about that signing, but Hayes has just not been good this year. So they're, it's almost all been bad. The penalty kill has been bottom of the league. The power play has been bottom of the league. The highlights have been Shane Gostisbehere has been, has kind of had a resurgence. Sam Moran is a good story. It's a former first-round pick who's gotten healthy and is playing okay on the third pair. And Joel Farabee. That's, like, really been it for highlights. JVR was really good at the beginning of the season. But other than that, it's just not a whole lot has gone well. Yeah. Only only Dan Silver can make me feel bad for the Flyers. And <laughs> I know. sad about it, man. We didn't want to make you feel depressed, but I look at it yeah. like we just got you all depressed here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on. Always enjoy nice chatting guys. with you, and we'll, we'll chat soon, man. All right. Have a good night. All right. Thanks again to our guy, Dan Silver, for coming on. As always, always a pleasure to talk to him. Maybe, like I said, he's like we said at the end there, he's Dan Silver's the only guy that can make me feel bad about the Flyers being a bad team. Like I was like kind of like depressed for him. I was like, oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I wish you guys were better. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, I mean, everyone everyone was kind of all over the Flyers, and they had a great season last year, which we kind of saw coming with the new coaching regime that they have, and uh, Carter Hart coming in, being being a stud goaltender, picked up Kevin Hayes last year. He, he yeah. comes out flying for them. I mean, all things were pointing up, and they just. You know, a former cap legend, Niskanen, retires, and they just – everybody starts losing their minds. <laughs> He's the foundation. Niskanen ruined the franchise, just yeah, as we yeah. intended for him to do. Exactly, yeah. He was nice a mole. Little... He was a mole all along. Yeah, so. <laughs> Planted by the know. pens and the caps collectively, answered emoji where they're shaking hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, so. yeah, like the, the handshake. One it's like pins, <laughs> pins caps above the handshake, and then like below the handshake, it's like – um niskin and being a mold to ruin the flyers franchise verbal meme verbal memes verbal uh, let's get into these recaps caps boston last thursday the first game of a back-to-back it's a home game hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. what's up let's, uh, i mean we're not gonna at least talk about this blockbuster trade 
of raffle you don't just get michael raffle and not talk about it come on man yeah just as dan silver said (laughs) (laughs) either the third or fourth line and he's a great guy yeah i was gonna say i didn't want to say this in front of him but i really don't see him making the lineup very much i don't either (laughs) i don't think so that's why that's why i kept saying like i don't know if he's gonna fit on our fourth line you think he'll make the third Labs is too hard strong on that. Labs is too hard strong on that Hathaway Haglin. Um, so I see it, him. I see him bench and share are fucking strong before he does anybody on that fourth line. Me too. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. He'll oh, scratch strong a heartbeat in a heartbeat before he does Hathaway Haglin or Doubter. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's a responsible. Suck a Doubter. Sure, he's a responsible player and, and and probably pretty good defensively. But I mean, I just I don't know. I don't see. Apparently, if he can play center real, the one thing I took out of it is he can play center real well. Uh, so there's our center that we talked about earlier. All right, perfect. Yeah, from All what right. he said, like I just like him <laughs> as a thirteenth forward. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, perfect. So Bruins up three nothing, and it just feels like we can never beat the fucking Bruins, man. But it's OV. We kind of make a comeback here. We two man advantage here. I didn't really watch this game, but I was because I had men's league. But I was hearing this was a big. The refs are letting the caps get back in this game, type of thing. I, I couldn't can't can't tell you if that's true or not, but Ovi does get uh a power play goal in the five on three, and then Oshi as well. Uh right after that, the five on three advantage. Oshi makes it three to two, and you kind of think a rabbit chance there. Mid-second period, about nine minutes left. Yeah. Um I, I was kind of like so a lot of my family's from Boston, they're all big Bruins fans. So we were kind of just like shit talking to uh each other. And uh once it was three nothing, I I Kind of thought I I didn't think I mean yeah we made it three to two but they they just weren't really playing that well so I I just didn't think I thought Boston was kind of going to shut shut shit down I didn't think they are uh, like the Caps and the fact that they'll let up a three goal lead and lose or end up losing the game yeah we tend to do that a lot but I don't think I don't know I just don't think Boston does that and they have this stud rookie goaltender coming in out of nowhere Darth Flader no. Um, Oh, they have another one, Swayman yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he, they literally called him up. He, I think he was like eleven and zero in like the AHL, and he had like a less than one goal against average and like a nine sixty save percentage or something ridiculous. And so they brought him up to the NHL, and he. I mean, that's that's who we that's who we took him on. We took him on in this game. I mean, hey, save thirty one and thirty three. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty good. I mean, but yeah, I ended up texting my all my family from Boston. I was like, and honestly, this game doesn't even matter if we win or lose because Ovechkin scored, so we won. So, yeah, yeah and we and we went two for seven on the power play, so fucking suck it. Yeah, so that's 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 <laughs> a little four two loss. You go two for seven on the power play. That's literally what I told him. I was just like, yeah, um, Ov scored, so I don't give a fuck if we like, lose. Yeah, we can't lose. <laughs> and important to note there, that was a Samsonov game and a Samsonov loss right there. So that means the second end of the back to back here, the Buffalo game, uh, would be a Vanacek game. And it's our guy, Brendan Dillon, second of the season, opening up the scoring with, the, with just an absolute bomb. He's doing kind of like the uh, the fadeaway thing and just snaps it in, baby. Brendan Dillon, oh, man, actually, just one of the uh, one of our best friends and one of the most. He's just a fadeaway bomb from the blue line. Best most friend, con- got the most bomb. Not, yeah, most consistent. Talk about chirping bumps, man. I mean, most consistent. <laughs> you want to talk about chirping bumps? We're on a heater right now. We are on a bit of a heater. Between um, him and Zach Jones. No, I forgot to say about the last game. 
uh, Sprong got scratched for Daniel Carr, which was just nuts. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> interesting. I, I do remember everyone freaking out about that, and I was like, I I don't even know who Daniel Carr is. I know Mikey Carr. I mean, it's, it's like as soon exactly. as it's like as soon as Sprong gets at like his peak this season, Lafayette's found a way to just like no, down boy, like fuck out of here. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> yeah, I was so confused by that. Yep. Uh, it you. is Obi. 727. Uh, he puts one off of Darlene, Rasmus Darlene. Yeah. And it's just kind of like yeah. just rips, lips, it rips it on that and just fires off his pad. And then the boy's like, fuck yeah, why not? First overall. No, actually had a good tweet there. Uh, when that happened, he said, like, yeah. goals off Darlene, OV1, Gretzky 0. I was like, that's yep. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, and he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, Rasmus Darlene, man, that guy's, whew, what a bust, right? At this point, yeah, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know. He's like his last season. He was like pretty good, but like it's tough to call. It's tough to say on that goddamn Buffalo team, man. I don't know. So we want to face off here in the second, right off the jump here in the second period, and Schultz just kind of walks it in, hammers it home. It's three to one. You're kind of thinking, what's the worst that could happen? Casey Middlestad, absolute snipe on his goal. I like, I like, I enjoyed that. I didn't enjoy it, obviously, because I scored, but I appreciated it. I guess I should say that makes it three to two. And then third period here, his last goal is a cap. Jacob Brana. Wow. Makes it a 4 2 game. Yes. So, I mean, it's a nice little four check by Oshi Eller. Really make that depressing, huh? And Brana just fucking snaps it from the right circle. And yeah. Last one is a cap right there. Gets us the um the four three win. Yeah, I mean we also game. had an OV disallowed goal, which was balls. Yeah. Game. I mean his last goal was a game winner too. It could be a huge two points. That would yeah. that's a great v- Vrana's last goal as a cap was a game winner. Could be a huge two points coming up later in the season against a very, very bad team that we should beat anyway. Yeah. Speaking of oh, bad teams, we should beat the Bruins. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, what's what's our record against Buffalo? Are we undefeated against them too? No, we have one loss. We lost in a shootout. Yeah. No. Damn. Well, going 15-0-1 against these uh, shit teams is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't hate it, but um. So, but yeah, but one team we've been struggling against is definitely Boston, and we know that until this game, Sunday's Good game, baby. 8-1, we come out, TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, Connor Sherry in the first period, Sherry Dowd Wilson in the second, uh, and then it's Oshie and Eller again in the third. There's no and point to take this one uh, goal by goal, but uh, important thing to note, I guess, this was a Vanacek start. First time he started back-to-back games since March something, 13th maybe? I don't know. Another important thing to um, bring up, the dilly switch was turned on. It was flipped oh, that night, yeah. You Four think? seconds in. Four seconds in. Just... Yeah. yeah that's what that's what we needed and that fight is what brought us to an 8-1 victory so everyone can suck yeah. my nuts about brendan dillon yeah, also we other- just thumped that guy i think he fought wagner he beat the wheels off of him yeah yeah because that guy's a bitch so <laughs> but um third thing to uh bring up on this in this game um we really lost it was not an eight to one win. We lost Ovechkin. Did not yeah, we all know. Yeah, we eight goals and not a single goddamn one by Ovi. I'm glad Sherry's getting hot. And like he's buzzing around. Yeah. The Lars with a two goal game. Oshi with a two goal game. You'd love to see those, but it's like, fuck. What the hell? <laughs> like, how, does come he, on. How, how does he not have three in this game? I know. I was so frustrated. I mean, he's got he's a great. Rose passes, though. 
Yeah, I was say a great backdoor pass to Tom Wilson. It's like, dude, why are you even passing still? We have one goal on our mind right now. Yeah, we literally don't need you to pass ever again. Yeah, and I get again. I was texting my I was texting my cousins from Boston, and I was and they're like, "Wow, this kind of sucks." And I was like, "This does suck." I like, we're losing. It. Yeah, he was like, "You guys are up like six nothing right now." I'm like, "Yeah, but Ovechkin hasn't scored, so I'm not happy. Like, this is fucking stupid." Man, yeah. us Cavs fans, and this is the other thing I said. We are just we we're just never happy. We're not always mad. People. No, always A1, mad, man. A one win. We're pissed off because Ov didn't score. Um, yeah, he, like barely win four to three. Oh, it's against Buffalo. Like kind wow. of a weak, kind of a weak Boston lineup. I will say. I was about to say that they were decimated with injuries. They like, were fucking. They were their decor was just like scrambled Bad. letters. Like I didn't understand any of. Bad. Uh, but I mean, right there, 42 games played. We're sitting there tied with the Islanders. Uh, Pittsburgh's right there behind us, 56 points. Boston in fourth with 48. Yeah, so fuck we'll... Pittsburgh. Why are they doing good? I know, dude. And I, we just haven't played them in so long. I got tired of playing them at the beginning. It's like, all right, feed us them right now because I kind of want to just like get, start gaining on them a bit. Yeah. If you can, even though they pumped us all year. But I was say, game... would we <laughs> gain on them? Like, that's, that's, those are going to be tough games. I know. Chris and Jerry. Four... Has finally yeah, like found his all. game. He was he was playing like shit earlier this season. Now he finally found well. his game, which kind of sucks. And Crosby's like <laughs> quietly ninth in scoring in the league. Yeah, and now they have Jeff Carter. Who knows what the fuck that'll happen or what'll happen <laughs> so, there? Philly at home tonight. Buffalo Thursday night at home at Philly at Boston Saturday Sunday back to back hitters twelve thirty to twelve p.m. I believe cap pregame happy hour live Thursday night for the Buffalo game. But give me win three of these four at least. Beat Philly twice. You got to beat a bad Philly team, and you got to obviously keep beating Buffalo. Yep. Yes, we have to. Pretty yeah. much. Philly is now lumped into those bad teams that you have to beat. But I do want to continue. Just like we have to beat Boston because I I want to feel it goes back to last week where we talked about AB. Just I want I want the confidence thing of being able to beat a team. Yeah. Like if we go throughout the entire season and keep losing to the Islanders, like am I going to feel great if we get the Islanders in the playoffs? No. <laughs> No, you know no, what I mean? No. Just well, give, me I that, mean, give me those confidence fucking wins. The Islanders is weird. like we were beating them this year. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. We were beating them. Like we were doing good against them too. Yeah, and then we've lost the last couple. Boston, but the, even and now, just even like, the last game that we lost to them, like it's it's so weird. Like I th- I would say the majority of Cats fans were actually like kind of not happy with the result, but they were like we actually played pretty well and it felt like a playoff game even though we lost. Yeah, yeah. It was like that one was like one nothing, right? It was a one nothing game. It did, and it felt very much like a playoff game. Is your classic Barry Trotz game, honestly? And then yeah. Laviolette kind of has like a, a, I don't want to say the same system, but like feels like a similar system, and that it's defense first and and yada yada yada. But like, like, sure, it did feel good to, to be in like that type of intense playoff type game, but we lost it, so that doesn't feel like. That I mean, all of those games last year against yeah. the Islanders were one goal games, and we just mm-hmm. lost. We lost it again. They they swept us. No, and they in five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. five. Well, it was down. We were that we won game four to make it three to one. Yeah, it was not get swept. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that, was, that was a cool series oh, to watch. That was so fun. That post game live show just lasting all the five games. It was awesome too. That was like right when hockey came back, so everyone was pumped. And it's like that was. So and we're just garbage. like we were just so bad. Just like we won one game. <laughs> We didn't yeah. even like we were like won one of the, one of the playing playing games too, and that was it. it was like ugh, won two games. 
Just waited like yeah. six months to win two games out of like ten we played. <laughs> I was like, fuck this yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's when we were on top of the Todd Reardon and get the fuck out of here. Oh, we were mm, that post game show was just like yeah. Honestly, when we lose, it's it's kind of hilarious on those post game shows because like like the content is almost like better because we're just sitting there bitching the entire time and like we're actually like breaking shit down though pretty well. And we're yeah. like, you know, like we're breaking down the system and pretty much saying how Todd Reardon is stupid and I figured it out and how can't he figure it out? <laughs> like, but has this guy even watched hockey before? Yeah, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, whoops. Oops. So, so yeah, caps. Let's get a little hot here. Let's let's keep in that one-two race. But um, that's all the hockey talk I really got. Which what, what you got going on, AB? What you thinking here, man? I don't know, man. I think um. What do we have? Four games this week or three? Four. We have four. All right. I want to go three and one this week, at least. We gotta uh, win. Gotta okay. beat Buffalo. Okay, we can do that. Gotta beat Boston. I think you split Philly, beat Buffalo, beat Boston. Yes. That's I'm cool we, with that. That's what we want. And we went uh 12 of Etching Bowls. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> well, only three a game. Remember, like back to last year's playoffs, like K, uh, KP comes out with a hot take. He's like, "Yeah, I think, uh, I think Ovi's gonna score six goals in the first like two games." And we were just like, "Oh, okay, all right." He's got a Hattie <laughs> in the first game. Yeah, we we're like, "Uh, Ovi's Ovi's goal counter." He and he scored two in the first game. We're like, "Oh shit, he might actually do it." And then after that, I was like, "Oh, nope, nope." <laughs> so give Sorry, me a, give me at least a four goal Ovi week. Yeah, because yeah, that gets us up to what? just won't stop scoring. It's his trophy, yeah, but, but just get like yeah, I don't thirty reps. Don't even care about four we, goals this week. Gets us up to twenty five with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten remaining. Ooh, 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 that's hard. That's just like his favorite kind of challenge, though. Like, remember when he had like forty seven, and they played St. Louis in the last game, and he got a hat trick. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> that, was, that was sick. Fourteen games total to get nine tucks. So possible, but oh my god, it's so annoying that he might not do it. We need a hat trick. We need a hat trick. Yeah, we need multiple. Imagine if he goes a single season, even if it's a short one without a hat trick. Imagine if he just goes and ends up with like 22 goals. Do we let him walk and freeze? Scores one more goal. We're just like, this guy's washed. Honestly, Dan Silver (laughs) might be onto something. (laughs) He might be a fucking flyer next year. (laughs) So, um, unrelated to the NHL. Have you guys watched the new Mighty Duck show? Yeah, it's corny as shit. Yeah, yeah it is super corny. It. It I, is super I, corny. I, I, I still watch it, but it's corny yeah. as fuck. Yeah, I, I still also watch it. It's definitely it's meant for like eight-year-olds. Very fucking corny, man. They're just like, it's just nothing there. Even Gordon Bombay is just like... What's the stupid name? Like Game Changers? Yeah, All right, Game so that's Changers. the name of the show. Guess what their fucking team name is? It's not the Mighty <sighs> Ducks? No, no, because it's all about... No, the Mighty Ducks. Ducks now. Became a bunch yeah, so, of asshole prick. They became Iceland, pretty much. Okay. So, yeah, the, the, the premise is, like, they became this, like, fucking great fucking, like, youth club. and They like, win state every year. Yeah, like, they're the best. And and they cut the one kid. They, they cut the kid. And they they're cut like, the, we're going to make they, our own they, team, who, which actually can, happens They cut the kid who life. can't skate. They cut the yeah. main character who honestly sucks. Yeah. Like, every time he's on the ice, he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's, he's not good. Like, when he was trying out for the Ducks in the first episode, he was the worst one out there. <laughs> like yeah. At least if you're going to, like, miraculously cut him, make it 
because like make it seem like he just randomly he's got like, cut not because obviously he's the worst one out there yeah. he's like complaining to the coach like why he's cutting him and he's like well actually yeah. your skating's ho- atrocious yeah he goes <laughs> to hockey stop and like well. falls over and it's just like shit and then when he gets on the new what's the team wait what's the team, yeah, what's the team uh the of the the team that they make up yeah it's, it's um it's the don't bothers oh yeah the don't bothers yeah yeah no, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that cannot be the team name for this. Like, I would have been okay if they were like, we're the game changers. Like, it's still yeah. fuck what I would like. It's better than the goddamn don't bothers. <laughs> yeah. the fuck are I, we need, doing? I think I need to watch the newest. Sounds one, like so, a like, WWE I, like tag. It team. sucks. Yeah. And I don't want to watch it, but I'm just watching it for the sake of like. I have to watch it. I have to be a yeah. Ducks fan myself but uh yeah man it's like gordon bombay just like sits in some rink and eats cake all the time it's just like, and he's fat as fuck yeah he's just he's fat so as hell it's like he's just like come on go man. get like, him it, it, the corniest you know, jokes hate, ever dude the corniest hates, jokes and shit. he's back to hating hockey he's back the one kid like, on the team has a fucking podcast it's like fuck yeah. out of here he's <laughs> like i have more of a podcast <laughs> no that that kid's kind of funny though i'm not gonna yeah lie. he's also a goofball but yeah i don't oh, know yeah. Yeah, they just have this team that they all suck and they can't even. So skate. they address the former Mighty Ducks who had like Deweys and stuff. <laughs> no, no, uh, no chance. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, I was gonna say they did. They do show like his Bombay's picture when he plays for that uh, eight, like that minor league team for two minutes and gets his yeah leg amputated or whatever happens. <laughs> he he, he he overreacted. He overreacted about that injury to this day. Yeah, what a bitch whatever um, Is that one of the, i uh, watched i watched the the white tiger on netflix last night it was actually really fucking good i don't even know what, what that is, is what is the white tiger i don't know it's just been like on you know when you're on netflix like the top 10 right now or whatever yeah, it's, it's just, just always, always been there and just like i've been passing it for like two weeks and then last night i just popped an edible and was just laying in bed and was just like you know what fuck it i'll give it a rip and it was kind of wild what's Not the white, lie. what is it about what is it it's, it's like out in India. He's like a driver for some rich family. Comes from the slums. It ends up with some murders and shit like that. That's kind of nuts, man. And then he starts his own car company. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. I mean, that was the worst description of the show. <laughs> well, I can't, I, can't, I can't spoil too much, you know? Have you ever... I watched the one Netflix movie that came out. It was like... This is going to be a very bad description, too. But it's like this chick is like... Um, she goes into like... Like she gets older people and like puts them into a uh like some like nursing facility or something like that and she runs a nursing facility and she's basically just robbing them of all their money and their inheritance and stuff it's like i have no idea so so like she'll go find like this old person that like might die soon or is like like has dementia but they really don't like they just like kind of make shit up because they don't have any other family yeah. and they just take and they just take all their money it's it's kind of wild it's it's pretty good i'm surprised you I forget what it's called though, but yeah, I have no idea. It's a weird premise, but it was pretty. Good. <laughs> we're doing we're doing great on this on these we're movies d- right now. Yeah, we're doing great on these movies. No, I enjoyed White Tiger. Um, Brando told me to watch some show. I guess him, Tony, and Paul were hanging out this weekend. But fuck them, fuck them all the hell. What show? <laughs> That's why I said some show because I didn't know the fucking name of it. Now I gotta look it up. If I would do the well, same no, name of the show, zero zero zero. Oh, I've heard about that. One. Cocaine. It's, it's all about cocaine in Europe and Italy and cocaine, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, more cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> There's another cocaine great show. description. There's another great description. <laughs> yeah. but, um, We're doing good at this. We're doing oh, I great. saw a good tweet of Anthony Mantha's nickname as Ant Man. That's kind of good. Ant Man. Kind, of, kind of like Anth- that. Anthony Manthony. Anthony Manthony to go with oh, Timothy, uh, Timothy Jimothy. Yeah. Oh, do you know that I'm the one who started Timothy Jimothy? Did you know that? You're that guy. 
Like, yeah, I know. Like the thing that's all over Twitter, that's me. You're welcome. How'd you do that? I went on, I went on Wikipedia one day and I saw oh, you I did that. Like, I forget what I was looking up. And then I saw it said Timothy Jimothy. I'm like, what the shit? That's not a name. So I screenshot it. This was back when I was listening to Russian. So I sent it to them. I was like, oh, have you guys like seen this? And then they put it out and it just got like so big. And now everyone calls him Timothy Jimothy. So that's because of me. And you didn't get any of the royalties. The yeah, shirts zero nothing. paychecks coming my way. Damn. Yeah, no, it's a joke. Like I a thought Twitter you went like viral or something. That's why we're going to bury them. Like they're going to be dead. <laughs> they're like, sorry, your domain name has not been renewed. So, whoops, you're fucked. You're going to be dead. <laughs> There's been a bunch of like, there's been a bunch of tweets that I've seen that we've uh, we should unleash the fury on, but I can't, I just can't remember what they are. <laughs> like every You'll time, definitely... me and Ben, me and Ben are like tag teaming people on Twitter. No, me and know, Bobby were doing something. Like, I, the, I think me and Bobby it. were mid recording on Thursday night last week, and I was just like scrolling through Twitter, and I was like, oh, I swear Ben and AB just have each other's notifications turned on to like get notified <laughs> by the other tweets because like. AB says literally one thing and Ben just like replies or Ben says one thing and AB just like immediately replies. Like you guys jumped down that guy's neck and he was like, no, I'm like my bad. He was just legit <laughs> such like, a nice guy. <laughs> and you guys were like, oh, my followed bad. me immediately. I followed. And him then back. like three days before that, you guys all called this one guy an idiot. And then even Bobcat was like idiot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, this is all right. I found it. This guy tweeted, um, players with 30 goals in each of his last five seasons. Austin Matthews. That's the list. And then, like, everyone went down his throat for, like, Ovi, like I, I tweeted at him. I was like, yeah, sorry, Ovi's only done it for the previous 14 seasons. That's why I didn't reply, because I thought he had to have been joking. Unless he's just, like, so zeroed in that he didn't look up anything. He, he literally goes, but has he done it? He responded to me. He says, but dot, 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 has he done it this year? And I was just like, I fucking hate you. I just, I didn't respond. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like I think he got he got a lot. Imagine if you just replied, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Maybe it's play like some defense in your fucking division. Obi would have fucking thirty six in that division right now. Well, that's what somebody else said. He got a lot of uh, mention or what's that ratioed? He got ratioed. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called. He had like fifty nine replies on it. Yeah, and like a lot of them were like, "Yeah, it's when uh, ask me when he can do that in the NA, in the actual NHL or something like that, making fun of his division." <laughs> Just like once they, once he gets out of the AHL up to the the OHL this season. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, I think that's actually what it was. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he can do this in the AHL. Let's see if he can do it in the NHL yeah. come playoff time. I like all the fans uh, in like the North Division. Uh, like, it's not that bad. It's pretty good. No, it yeah, <laughs> I hope only... they get fucking smothered in the first round. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like get a... out. Like, I want them to. Yeah, just yeah. R.I.P. It like. Every game there, I feel like there's like fucking fourteen. Like I want them to make this. I want them to make the semifinals. Like I want them to beat the two Canadian teams. Like handedly, like I want them to run through them. Yeah, like all right. Let's say here, they would get. Say they get Montreal first. They win in five games, and then they play Edmonton, win that in five games as well, and then they finally have to play the winner, uh, and then they come out of that and either have to play Tampa, the Caps, or Colorado and lose in five games. (laughs) Literally, just like. See you, motherfuckers. Like, you're not that good. Like, yeah, they would be an uproar. You can't even person, call that going to a conference final if you just came out of the fucking Canadian division to get there. This person tweeted um, at, at, at that same guy, is Ovi not on this list or did the last 14 seasons not count? He said, last 15 seasons, the last 15 years do not count as this season. So, no, it does not count. I was like, fuck this guy, dude. I fucking hate I like, him. Like, we just make it up his own logic and win it. <laughs>
yeah, you can't beat him. Uh, yeah. God damn it. All right. Well, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, we always the go. Chirpin bump is real to anybody that wants to come on. We mentioned earlier, but if you want to come on, you're a player. We're at bump, like the bumps real. I think we're at like probably like eight episodes in a row where we just go completely off the rails. The last like 15, 20 minutes of these podcasts. Cool with it, man. That's what that's trade deadline. We get we did that to you. 